Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Kristen, and we want to welcome you to the writer's story. It is September, and I don't know, I get, um, yeah, I think, I think I want to, like, buy pencils and sharpen them and get a new mm, notebook. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's so true. It's starting to get a little bit cooler, and so I've got the windows mm. open in the office, and yep. it is an inviting um, circum situation for yeah. I think doing some, some writing do find fall to be a little sad. They feel like winter is coming, but I find it very. Um, I don't know. It gives me lots of energy. I think. I, yes, I, I have feel like buckling down more projects than perhaps <laughs> I should. <laughs> it's a good problem. Well, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> um, and so you're you're in the middle of revising. I am, I am, and I've been revising in big chunks these days because um, this is already a novel that I've drafted and have revised at least a couple of times. And what I'm finding now in this pass-through is that I'm really looking, so this is the novel um, working title In the Kitchen with Gracie May, and its target readership are middle grade readers. But I first wrote the very first draft thinking it would be for adult readers. And I wrote it in the third person. And now I'm writing it for these middle grade readers and it's in the first person. So my character, whose name is actually Rose, but takes the name Gracie Mae for her cooking show, is, um, is herself 11 or 12. I'm toggling her her ages, by the way, I need to really nail that down. Just, just, just pick one. Yes, it's eleven right now. Okay, it's eleven. I'll be honest. <laughs> and she um, is is speaking out of her immediate experience. It's even in the present tense. And so, I've had to really be honest with myself about what an eleven year old might or might not say or think. Mm -hmm. um, where I had had more adult sort of perspective, language, vocabulary, mm -hmm. whatever. But I, she still has a quite impressive vocabulary for an 11-year-old. <laughs> but I just, I think a lot of kids are a whole lot smarter than we give them credit for being. And they know they know more words. They have more words mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. we adults sometimes sometimes think. So anyway. Well, you're also yeah. making her a reader. Yes, I mean, yes. so you, you have a character that it makes sense. I and, think. Yeah, and she lived with her grandmother and grandfather for a time, or her, I should say her grandparents lived with her and her brother and mom, and so she was exposed also to a sort of language um, that is a little bit old school. Well, it's also, I think, the process of being a lot with adults, Yes, that yeah. makes people talk like sort of miniature adults. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's so it's it's challenging, but it also is fun. It's been nice to be able to really sink in for um, a little bit longer blocks of time, which I find I need at this stage in a project. I think for revising, that really helps because dipping in and out, you for, you can lose that thread. And one of the yeah. things that I find when I revise is that I'm endlessly finding a paragraph that I've written multiple times 
Because yes. I know that has yes. to be in there, but I put it in one chapter, then I forgot it was in the previous chapter, so I give it again. And yes, you're yes. Like, I just ran into one of those today. I'm like, and you're like, wait a minute. This sounds familiar. <laughs> but if you're now you're yes. having an experience, maybe you wrote it in smaller chunks, and now you're revising it in larger chunks, and then you can start catching those moments. Yes, you know, and then you can say, oh, well, just pick a place for that. Great exactly. descriptive paragraph. I don't need it twice. <laughs> yes. And how about you, Meredith? What's going on in your writing world? Well, I was um, I was going lickety split through um, a thriller, and I have hit forty five thousand words, and maybe it's forty seven, and not totally sure at this moment that I have enough to make it twist and twist again and twist um, to, to get to the end. So um, I let myself get distracted um, by a women's fiction idea. And I'll see. I think I want to keep multiple balls in the air, and I'm not sure yeah. how that will go. I'm yeah. not sure how that will go. So my um, I think right now what I'm feeling like is if I write a thousand words of something, it is a successful day. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so I am just sort of letting myself do what I feel at the moment because I think if I make myself go to the bitter end of this thriller, I might really be, it might be really terrible. So it might need it. It might need a little time. Um, but I keep going back to it and I keep trying to tease out more of it. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of where I am um, at this moment. It sounds good, and it sounds wise, because I think um, that you your brain is working on stuff even when you're not consciously attending to it. Yeah. So with something as plot-tricky as a thriller, I would think that um, it would be really hard to map out exactly every bit of it and then set down to make that a narrative when... Well, yeah. I think that I'm on. I think that I'm kind of on track to get through the ideas that I've had for it. Yeah. Oh, good. Through, but I would be, but I would probably be around sixty thousand, mm-hmm. and I probably really need to be around eighty. But that being said, I'm not. I usually do a very slipshod job on my first draft. So there are lots of scenes that probably need to be fatter than they are. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of backfill then to do. Yeah. So, so that does make, does help. And I have two characters. So oh. I switch the voices um, between this female uh, main character whose ex-husband has been murdered and a police detective. Great. And so do they each, is it, what is the voice? Is it first person? Uh, no, it's third okay. for both. Um, but the interesting thing that has sort of, and I'm not even sure if, if this was something I brought up in the first, they actually hadn't gone on a date before. Oh, So good. they had, you know, swiped left or whatever the heck you're supposed to do with it. <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> Tinder or whatever. They'd gone on a date and then he'd never called her again, oh. right? And then he shows up at the door and so now, so now, they, then there's a little attention. bit of attention about. Like do you admit that you had a personal relationship slightly before? Oh. So, and whether or not she's a suspect, and whether or not he can be oh. impartial. 
Oh, boy. so there's a lot of little twists there, and that I'm like working it. with, and I, I think I can probably do a lot more with the beginning. But it, it's been an interesting, um, been interesting to write a thriller. I haven't written one in in a while, or I don't think ever. No, I think I've, I've attempted ones before, but I think this is my first sort of like this is a standalone thriller. Like that's all yeah. it is, right? Yeah. So that is cool. interesting. Well, that um, makes our guest an especially exciting um, person to have on the show yeah, today. and we're having um, Tara Laskowski, and I, I've known Tara and her husband, Art Taylor, who are both wonderful um, writers um, for a number of years, um, and they live in the D.C. area, um, and Art and I were on um, a blog together, so I, I feel like I've hung out with him way more than I actually have in person, but we were on <laughs> Seven Criminal Minds, um, and I was on that blog for six years, possibly, mm-hmm. um, and have always admired them as a couple. They're incredibly supportive of each other's writing careers, um, and they both are very, very talented um, short story authors, and Tara has her first novel out, and it's been getting tons of great press, and, you know, stars from everybody, and on the read read list, and so it's so much fun to get excited for them, for her, for her book, Um, and it's called One Night Gone, and um, so I, um, I'm super excited to talk to her about that, and about, you know, her path to becoming a writer. Me too. Let's give her a call. Awesome. Hi, Tara. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> We're really excited. I've been hearing about your book, I think, for several months now, and I feel like it's getting a lot of really great buzz, so it's super, super exciting. Um, your first novel, One Night Gone, um, and I was trying to remember when I actually met you. Um, okay, I was trying to remember the same okay, thing. But, okay, so here's the issue. Um, so Tara is married to a writer, which we can also talk about because that's very interesting. Um, Art Taylor, who, and I met Art first, and I think we were on a board together. Yeah, maybe. Or I think, I think mystery we, writers. we this event together at some point, too, maybe. Yeah, oh. Mystery Writers of America. And... And Tara, I just think that your background is super interesting, and I think there's so many things we could talk about. We could fill this entire time with even just one of these things, but the fact that you write short stories, um, you know that you've been an editor of the Smoke Long Quarterly, which I understand after a long time is is, is that chapter is finishing for you, and then, um, and, and you know, and then, you know, just just the whole thing of just, and also that you, oh, and that you review. You review with um, with art. You have a the Washington Independent Review of Books. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The Washington Independent Review of Books. Um, so I think there's a lot of hats. I mean, and I, and, you know, and, and so I'd love to hear a little bit about the juggling of that, and then your the experience with writing your first book. Um, mm-hmm. but first, first novel. First novel. Yeah, first I know. Novel. So I am always interested in the experience of writing short stories versus the long form of a novel. So yes, we have lots to talk about. I'm very excited. <laughs> very excited. <laughs> but one of, the, one of the first questions we always ask people is sort of like, when did you know you were a writer? What was your path to becoming a writer? Oh boy. Okay. So I was thinking about this right before y'all called it. And I think that like, 
I can always remember wanting to be a writer. And I, I'm sure a lot of people say this, but really in like elementary school, I remember writing quote books, you know, and printing them out and having my dad bind them on this like crazy printer he had at work. <laughs> and I would put like, an author photo on the back of oh, them. That's and bio. <laughs> like, I saw these like binded books, like when I was in third grade or something. So I feel like it's always been there. Um, um, and you know, it was always kind of a fun thing to do, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like when I really started thinking like, okay, I'm taking this seriously was right after I graduated from undergrad and moved back home and I was working for a newspaper and I kind of missed like the whole creative writing group that I'd had in college. I didn't really know any writers like where, I, when I moved back home, I'd kind of lost that community. And I seriously started thinking about applying to grad school. And once I kind of wrote that first check, <laughs> I realized like, okay, I'm, I have to take this thing seriously now. So I think it was probably then that I thought like, okay, I'm going to do this. But even then, like during grad school, I never really thought that the whole like published author, like book thing. I don't, I don't know. It still seemed like such a like elusive thing that happened to only a few people. And I still think now, like, I, I'm not even sure that it's totally sunk in that I actually have a book, several books out there that people can buy and read. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I suspect you're, well, I, I know I feel a similar way. I think you're not alone in that. So it was grad school for you. That was the MFA. Yeah. That was doing yeah, the MFA. MFA. And where did George you? George Mason University. At George Mason. George Mason. Very good. Yeah. Well, so interesting. So it sounds a little bit like maybe you came to writing as a writer, like right out of the gate. Or were you a re big reader too? Did you think, oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 I've been a reader. Um, it, you know, it's, it's weird though, because there's, I don't know. I feel like there's that story, right. About like being a writer, but then there's also like, I think I'm weird in that I, you know, I started, I guess in grad school, I was writing this, my MFA thesis, um, and I was writing this novel, and I worked on it for, oh my gosh, six, seven years, and it was this crazy, like, sprawling, decades-long, it was basically a historical romance, which is, like, so far from, like, anything that, like, I actually do well, <laughs> and I was toiling with that forever, and I finally, you know, revised it a couple times, and I was, like, sending it out to agents, and, like, it wasn't working, and I was trying to figure out what to do, and then on a whim, I applied for the Smoke Long Quarterly Fellowship, which is, um, that's the journal that I was editing for, like, 10 years, and I won it. And I had never really thought about, like, flash fiction before as, like, something that I did necessarily. I was just, like, applying for it for the heck of it. And then when I won that, I focused on – I took that year and I just was like, okay, I'm only going to write flash fiction. And that's, you know, stories that are 1,000 words or less. So I went from writing this, like, 500-page plus <laughs> novel to writing <laughs> stories that were, like, half a page. Yeah. And it was the best year Aww. of my life. Like, it was just so much fun. Like, I felt like I had just, like, rediscovered the fun of writing again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting when you kind of make yourself miserable on a project. Yeah. You do forget that it's supposed to be fun. And, yeah. Uh, and I think 
And I think sometimes changing it up is a great way to get back in touch. Um, I know Kristen's done some screenwriting and um, and, I, and I, I, I started as a screenwriter and I've occasionally when I've gotten incredibly stuck have gone and written a screenplay just for fun okay. and it does it's like you're like oh th this is so much easier than what I was doing so you feel suddenly like a <laughs> door open you out of yeah yeah you're like yeah. oh yeah this is fun and I wonder if it is like taking the pressure off of like oh this is just fun you know, this isn't my serious work oh, or something. Yeah. No one's going to make this into a movie or, you know, yeah, exactly. It's just a little thing. Um, yeah, I know that's, that's a, that's a, <clears throat> I love that strategy, getting unstuck. <laughs> yeah, by trying out another genre, yeah. by writing within a very um, well-defined frame, like this, like a flat flash fiction frame. Right. And, right. Or poetry. I know some people do it with yeah. poetry. I find I find poetry though I feel a little constipated <laughs> because every oh, word every word is so important. Whereas I mean I would almost rather write a long novel very quickly. Some romance, yeah. bodice yeah. ripper romance. Oh, I go I, I, I do a little retreat with some poets and I'll, that's the one time a year I write write poetry and um and, and then they'll send it back and be like, are you wanting to revise this? And I'm like, no, the experience was just, <laughs> I don't want to see that again. Like, it's so funny. And they're like, also, like, they work on their one poem for years. And I'm like, oops. I, I have no judgment. No judgment. Exactly. I know I have such respect for poets. That was my vacation. It is challenging. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so from flash fiction, is that when you sort of started onto your short story path? Yeah, I mean, I always wrote short stories. I think more than I was always drawn more to the short story than I was to a novel. And I think that whole year of writing Flash made me realize that that's that's sort of my strength. You know, I was trying to do this like tackle this huge project, and really like, and in fact, my husband Art said to me, he was like, "This is like what you do really well. Like you do these like tiny moments really well." And it was just. I don't know, it was just sort of this awakening kind of moment for me. So then I was writing a lot of flash and I was writing a lot of short stories. I published two short story collections. Um, the last one was about like three years ago by Sanders. And after that collection came out, I was like, okay, well, what do I do next? You know, like, I don't know that I want to keep writing short stories. Like I, I don't know. I'm a Scorpio and so I'm stubborn and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I like a challenge. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try this novel thing again and see what happens and give it one more shot. And, um, and so I was trying to figure out like what project to work on because I didn't know, do I want to pull this crazy long novel out again and try to fix it somehow, you know, like maybe write shorter chapters or try to focus something else. And I was talking to an agent who I was hoping would represent me um, at the time. And I was telling her about the novel ideas that I had. And, you know, they were all kind of in this, like, women's fiction, literary fiction genre. And she asked me, she said, well, what, you know, who do you read in this genre? And it was like this crazy light bulb just, like, went off. I'm like, why am I writing in this genre and I don't actually really read in this genre? Because oh. like, the books that I get excited about and, like, really want to read are all, like, mystery and crime and horror and, like, this dark stuff. And a lot of my short fiction was also kind of leaning that way, too. So it was it was really a moment where I was like, oh, this is what I should be doing. 
And yeah. so that then from there, I started thinking about ideas of books that I would want to read and be excited about and sort of develop the idea for One Night Gone through that way. Cool. So, so tell us tell us a little bit about One Night Gone. Uh, so it is a, it's a story about a woman. She's in her early 40s. Her name's Allison, and she um, recently got divorced, lost her job, like basically all that she thought her life was just like crumbled down. And she's living with her sister and she doesn't know what to do. And all of a sudden this opportunity comes up for her to house sit for this wealthy couple in this small beach town, like in this awesome house on the ocean um, during the off season. So like kind of fall, winter months for a couple of months. And so she takes it and she goes and she's like, this is a great opportunity for me to figure out what I'm doing next and sort of regroup and, you know, chill from all this crazy stuff that's happening. And she um, gets interested in and a little obsessed with uh, a story she hears about a teenage girl who went missing in the town like 30 years before. So it's this cold case. And so she basically starts investigating it. And as you can assume, since it wouldn't be a book otherwise, um, trouble, <laughs> trouble starts brewing as she starts kind of talking to like the locals and uncovering secrets and things. So I love it. I love the setting too. It's so evocative right, right away that off season, um, beach. exactly. Yeah. 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 Yes. It was so fun to write and it, well, and it's told from two different points of view. So you get Allison, but then you also get Maureen in 1985 during the height of the summer. So you actually, I got to write the beach both in the summer and during <laughs> the off season. So it was really fun. Fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So you wrote on location. <laughs> parents have a beach house in North Carolina. Yeah. That's right on the ocean. And, you know, so research for this book was really important. Yes. Yes. You're like, I need the house again. And I need to do it in the off season. And then I need to go during the summer. Now, is this one that you imagine could be one of a series or is it its own standalone and you know you're on to the next thing what are you thinking about with that yeah it's a standalone I don't at this moment see me as a series writer um I think I get bored too quickly with things and need <laughs> to try something totally different so yeah. it's a standalone yeah yeah the one um and I know that you know art has written I think the same characters in different short stories yeah, he has a yeah. novel and story. Yeah, though. a novel and stories. And um, what's interesting is I did um, I did three books in a series, and what I found was the most interesting is that you walked in already having a world created. Yeah, and that was the only big advantage because it was a huge time saver. <laughs> because yes, exactly. You think of all and the time that you spent being like, well, who's that? Who are Allison's parents? And who's her friend? And why yep. is she there? And what's this house? You know what I mean? It's sort of the like, all right, we already know this town. We already know these people. We about to, you know, go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, just that make more trouble. Which is which is the reason that people can write multiple a year, um, right? Uh, but you know, when you're doing the world building, I think with a thriller, a thriller is just such a different creature than a mystery series too I it mean is. this might be the most exciting and dramatic thing to ever happen to your in your character's life 
Like, right. Maybe after this, she's like, no, I'm not following any cold cases again because it nearly got me killed and it, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm just. Right. Some of the series, like, you know, the characters are so beloved and people read them because they love those people, but it gets, they get super unbelievable after a while, right? Because these people keep getting into more trouble yes. and stumbling across oh, I mean you read you read um you know Lee Child Jack Reacher there's no way that he's going to kill Jack Reacher in his book right I mean so we've already just determined that is off the table <laughs> right which I think is really interesting when you where where women's thriller is going and I know you write you read really widely in the genre where it's going is killing the main character is not off the table no, it's not. Although yeah. I think it would be still pretty hard to pull, pull off. Yeah, well, what's the one where she's in a ghost the whole time? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's not. It's a, it's a thing, but I'm just saying that you can, you have this feeling like anything could happen. Or right. is this person a reliable narrator? They don't have to be a perfect, pure person. Or, yeah. So. Yeah, I think the hardest thing with this sort of thriller, domestic suspense, psychological suspense genre is the everybody is like all your readers, they want a twist, but they don't, they don't only want a twist. They want like a twist on the twist on the twist. Right. And so it's so hard, I think, to keep reader Mm -hmm. expectations up in that way that you, I don't know, you have to out twist everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm on like, 45,000 words into a thriller right now and I'm totally like there's a bright shiny project calling my name because I'm like I don't know what I don't even know anymore (laughs) because I need I have a twist but I need another one too and you're right I probably need four twists in order to really finish it yeah and that's like oh maybe that's three twists too many (laughs) for me (laughs) for my (laughs) for my brain but um and with One Night Gone, did you map it out ahead of time? Did you know what those twists were before you really got into the nitty-gritty of laying down sentences? Or did you jump in and kind of find your way from there? Um, I jumped in, which was probably not the brightest way to write a book. Um, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I just started writing. And um, I mean, I had a general idea of sort of what I wanted. I had the setting, I had the character and I had this cold idea of a cold case, but that was about it. Um, and so about halfway into it, I actually realized that who I thought was going to be the killer was not. And that was crazy to me. I was like, I'm on like, I've got like a hundred <laughs> some pages here. And all of a sudden this is like, not what I thought I was writing. Um, but that was also really cool. And, um, that's your red herring twist. Number one. Yeah. I remember (laughs) Meredith saying one of the wonderful things about writing a mystery is it is exactly what you just described when something like that happens because you you know your reader is going to be surprised. (laughs) Uh, But then I had to stop about then and really like outline it. I had to like say, okay, I can't do this anymore. I need to plot this out. Um, and that was, so that was kind of the experience of that one. I'm actually starting my second book now and because of the way that I don't know publishing is um I had to I had to do a detailed proposal of my mm-hmm. second book wow for that a, was for a so novel. bizarre to me because I never write like that so I had to basically wow. figure out everything that was going to happen 
before I wrote the word fit. So it's really strange. How many pages did they make you write? Um, I think it ended up being like six or seven pages. Wow. But you know, I imagine if you've changed it, no one's going to like, yeah, it's not like breach of contract. Right. Right. And, but, and I've also like, I feel like I've already hopefully knock on like a computer here, um, save myself some time Mm -hmm. because, you know, in figuring stuff out, like if I had just been writing it, I probably would have had to delete all those pages. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping that will help. I don't know. We'll so, see. Someone, um, someone told me once that Nora Roberts um, hates writing those proposals so badly that she writes the whole book and then she writes it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, and then I guess they just never say no. I'm surprised that. <laughs> would still ask her it of her but what yeah it's a, I don't it's know. a changing industry and for to have well, to well, write the, the, the um they want the they want the summary so far in advance yeah it depends yeah. on it depends on who your publisher is yeah, yeah. i suppose yeah. and the timeline of publishing right. and all that yeah um when my books were coming out it was also paper driven i mean st martin's was like you know Jurassic Park era. Like I got all my notes from my 89 year old editor in pencil on paper. And I was like, have you guys heard of the computer? I mean, it's this really great invention. (laughs) Fact changes, you know, I mean, I'm just just a suggestion. This would be a time saver. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that would drive me so crazy. Like I remember when I had to, I, I write in Scrivener. And I had to transition, like, my manuscript out of Scrivener and into Word to do my edits. And it was the most painful thing ever. I can't even imagine doing it on paper. Oh, yeah. It was it was hideously awful. And then I had to basically – I had to do what you – probably you had to do and like, I, I felt like I was, like, Charles Dickens. I mean, you really – you had to be, like, set – if you if you didn't want the change to happen and then you had to like type out a, a different sentence and then like put an arrow and like stick it on the back of the page I was like and then oh. and then it makes sense when you finally get your um you know your 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 arcs and you're like this is a mess because yeah. like, they can't figure out what on earth is going on Ugh. you know and so I it, it, it was, it was just, I was, there's, there's gotta be a better way. And I, and I hope that they've all gone to track changes by now. Cause I mean, really? Yeah. So it's a lot of paper. It's a lot of paper too. So ta- would you talk a little bit about your experience of writing short stories versus writing the novel? Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think. So it, it took me a very long time to go from writing a short story to writing a novel. And then when I started working on this book, I basically had to put everything else aside because I have very limited time. I have like a seven year old and a job, a full time job and hobbies, you know, just normal things. Right. So I put all of the other projects aside and just like focused on this. And after a while I got into this like groove and I was like, all right, I'm doing this. I'm producing these pages. Everything's awesome. Yay. 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 And then I finished it, you know, after a very, very long time. 
and then that summer, like while my agent was kind of shopping it out and I was like, you know, in this weird holding pattern of like, is this ever going to go anywhere? Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on all these short story ideas that I had. I'm going to write all these flash fictions that I've been excited to write. And I realized that like, I did not remember how to write a short story. It was the weird <laughs> wow, feeling. Oh yeah. <laughs> so easy to me before not easy but you know like I had all these like ideas and it would just come out and it would be fine and I'd revise it and I'd work on it and I'd be great and I I had like I had a few people who'd actually asked me for stuff like they were like oh like I had this one anthology that someone had asked me to contribute to and it was um it was food themed and it was flash fiction and it was food themed and I was working on this story and I was working on the story it was as though I was bleeding it out I mean it was so hard to do and I finally finished what I thought was like a good draft and it was probably about I don't know just shy of a thousand words and then I went back and I looked at the guidelines and I realized that they wanted stories that were less than 500 words oh. and I died <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I cannot cut this in half like what <laughs> wow so I wrote a 250 word story like in one oh night for it like gosh. the night before with you <laughs> oh my that is crazy well I mean I there was a couple anthologies that I um you know I was I was asked to do something for and and I did it but I was like you need to give me like a year guys like I mean it was seriously like one was for some for a charity and I was like um by the time I finish, you know, I know. they'll have rebuilt Japan. So I think that maybe <laughs> move on without me, people, because like I had like a germ, I would have a germ of an idea, but I could do a beginning and then I'd be like, okay, now I'm stuck and I have to think about this. I mean, I have short stories that I pick up that were like, I started 10 years ago that I look at and I'm like, huh, maybe I have an idea to, for finishing this now. Like, I, I just find it so hard. So, yeah, and so, you know, it's, it's so it sounds weird. like it's a you muscle. Think... It sounds like you're saying it's like a muscle to exercise. And when you wrote a, a, a book, you came back and the muscle was like had atrophied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, but I also think it's it's each particular story or book is different, right? Like it's not like I don't know. For me, it's not like if I write ten short stories, I suddenly have mastered the short story. It's just that like I don't know. It's it depends on what story it is. Like I was saying, like I was just messing around with the story could not get it to work and then in one night I just like wrote this other thing it was like I don't know something about it was like this is the story you should be writing right now but it, there's also I don't know I, I guess I have to retrain my brain to think mm -hmm. short versus long like I, I don't know that I can switch between the two of them very easily like I just I don't know if I can I'm sure people can but for yeah. me Maybe if I was doing this like full time and this was like all I was doing was writing, then maybe I could switch up, you know, but like my brain is so filled with all of the things that I need to do in my life um, that I really feel like I can only do one. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have a question since you have such a busy life. When do you usually write? Do you write do you like a weekend writer or do you do every day? No, I, um, I usually write during the week. Our weekends are generally crazy and so you know during the week I have more of steady routine um and so I try to write for I, I do this challenge with my friend um we do we try to do four times a week for at least 15 minutes and when we finish 
those 15 minutes, which usually end up for me going longer than 15 minutes, it's just like the men- mental thing of like, it's only 15 yes, minutes here. Yes, getting started. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I'm done with that or more, um, I email her or like, we actually have a, a Slack channel set up right now. And so <laughs> I'll go into the Slack channel and all I write is done. And then she checks, she writes back check. And when she does it, she writes done and I write check. And it's just this like mm. mental thing for uh-huh. us that like, okay, someone is paying attention. Like, cause you know, writing is such a solitary, lonely act that it, there's something gratifying about me being able to go in and say, I did this today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And someone cares. So. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, yeah. yeah no, um, I have a friend who's in the 5am Twitter writers club, uh, a club that, I, I'm not joining. <laughs> I just I don't know. <laughs> I, I have gotten up early to write before, but I've never managed five AM, that seems Yeah, no, I can't do that. I usually try to squeeze it into my lunch hour or I um I do it when I'm putting our son to bed. Yeah. Like he likes he likes someone to sit in the room with him still. And so I just use my, bring my laptop in Ooh, and it's quiet and dark and it's Yeah. 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 That's great. That yeah. That's great. Um, so, so what is it like being married to another writer? And I'm asking as someone who is not. <laughs> You're married to a very creative individual I am, I am. as well. He used, so, to, he yeah. used to be a painter. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just curious. Like when I, I think, well. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll be upfront. My husband and I are both very competitive people. So I do think that we might find it challenging to be mm. in the same genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, first of all, it's, it's great because I think I would not still be writing if I was not married to a writer, especially after we had Dash, because when he was born, you know, everything was just so nuts and like, he and I kind of were like, okay, we still need to keep writing. Like, even though we're not sleeping and this is insane and we don't know what we're doing parenting, like we need to keep like this as a priority. And I don't, I think it would have been a lot easier to give up if he hadn't understood how important that was mm-hmm. and vice versa. Interesting. So that's really good because if I say to him, like, I just, I really need to get this scene down. Like, even though, you know, dishes are piling up. That's it. Um, and also the two of us, like when we're writing on longer projects, we get what we call novel head where like, you know, we're totally in our heads with like some character or something. And so if I'm talking to him and he's just like staring at me blankly, I'm like, okay, this is novel head. Isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. Sorry. That is great. Yeah. <laughs> so totally think, get you know, it. We get that kind of thing. Um, the competitive thing, I, I mean, I, I think it can be hard. We have some other friends who are writing couples as well. And um, I think Art and I have been very fortunate that we've both been, we've both had successes. Yes. Like, you know, um, I think it would be very hard if one writer was not doing what they, you know, want to be doing or growing in their career and the other one, like, just takes off, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've been pretty fortunate that we've sort of kept up in our respective successes, which has helped a lot. Um, I still think that he's probably a little annoyed with me that I've somehow like encroached upon his 
crime mystery genre? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, he seems like he's he's a very generous person. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, he is. He is. And um, he's, um, you know, I think he's just a very kind and... Um, and I, I do, I do, I totally agree with you because I know you've written about this too, but I, I think people in mystery are very, um, very, very generous with their time and very kind to people and very encouraging and mm-hmm. that there's a lot of room in the genre for lots and lots of writers. So mm-hmm. there, a lot of people don't have that competitive thing like, well, if they publish One Night Gone, they're not going to want my thriller. You know, it's like. Uh, they're right. publishing a lot of thriller like it's yeah. not like Lots you know there, there's a lot yeah and I also think that they're so different um that writer the writers are are often um voracious readers and mm-hmm. so we get as just as like excited about other people's books coming out <laughs> as our own like <gasps> you know we're gonna get to read this book you know kind of thing so I think that that's helpful too It is. And also, like, we're really good first readers of each other's work. So, I mean, it's super nice to have that all, you know, all the time. Like, I don't, you know, he's there for me to, you know, he reads my stuff and gives me great feedback. And hopefully I do the same for him. Um, And, you know, even within this whole, like, mystery crime umbrella, he and I write very different things. So, um, you know, it's not like there's that direct comparison like competition because I'm doing this more of this like psychological domestic suspense kind of stuff and he's he's much more of a traditional mystery writer like yeah super skilled like take it's like uh it's just his stories are very like I just want to sit here and listen to you talk like you know his his voices his characters are also good and like classically done it's just he's he's really good so yeah that's great and um, your husband's name for our listening audience is art taylor, <laughs> art they, taylor. And yes stories is on the road with del and louise yeah awesome yep. and, and and what she says about listening to him talk he has um a really lovely southern accent oh yes. so, yeah easy yeah. listening it is easy, easy listening. listening and we'll definitely have to have him on at some point you should. Fun. He's like he could also make a living as an audio but narrator. He reads, so. he reads out loud to me almost every night, and he's so good yeah. at reading. Oh yeah, Ugh. that's great. And and then if it wasn't enough to have two writers in the house, I understand your seven year old is rather precocious. <laughs> well. That's a good word for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know you might have a third. <laughs> We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. yeah. But he did enter his first writing contest this year. Wow. That's Yeah. And he didn't win. So I told him he was setting up for, you know, a life of writer rejections, which is <laughs> right. what we all go through. So. Important welcome to... to the club, buddy. Yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> you know, you don't want to win the first one out of your gate because then you're like, I've got this. I've done it. You know? Okay. You have to have something to strive for. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Put it down a little bit. <laughs> and again, we're talking with Taras Laskowski, whose novel One Night Gone is coming out in October. <laughs> so we're excited yeah, to hear. Yeah. So um, I guess I was going to just ask you a question because I, I think it's something that kind of comes up. And I know that, um, Kristen, you've done a little bit of uh, review work. 
you know, is yes. it is it is it a challenge for you to put on the hat of the reviewer and then go back to being a writer or being an editor? Is that cha- challenging for you mentally, or is it just? Uh, for me, I so I review books for Publishers Weekly anonymously. Um, I can say it though because they they when they docked our pay by fifty percent. Did you from, protest? From I think we we got fifty dollars a review and now we get twenty five dollars a review. Oh they gosh. said they they would um, include our names in the masthead. Now the reviews are really short. There's they're one hundred and seventy five to two twenty five right. words. So um, there, it's not a huge burden. And yet, of course, reading the book is a commitment. Yeah, sure. But I have a wonderful editor who, who asks me ahead of time if I would like to review a book rather than just sending them and requiring that okay. I review them. And so, so there are books like that I'm interested. It sounds like they're interested in having someone read them who's not just going to say, well, it didn't really do anything for exactly. me. Exactly, right? Yes, that's they strange. don't want – they they, yeah. they want – reviewers to be interested in the material um, at the start and so so that can be kind of fun I do find it I I find the best books the most difficult to review Um, and I'm not totally sure why except that I think I just want to just tell people this is really awesome and you need to read it the end <laughs> rather, than, <laughs> rather than try to articulate that what, in uh, 175 as, as Tara can tell you has a book coming out what's wrong with that as a review <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's fine with me read yeah. it says Publishers Weekly yeah, but I kind of like it. I, th- I think it's a nice balance. It also is a good thing to keep me honest about just getting words down. But how about you? How about for you, Tara? You review. What's it like for you? Yeah, I don't review all that much. Um, I do write a regular column for Washington Independent Review of Books, which is just more of, you know, musings about various things. Um, but I have reviewed for them a few times. And usually my editor, she sort of handpicks titles she's like oh I know this is like something you'll like do you want to review it and um usually I say yes because she's lovely um and I don't think I am I don't think it's like a huge strength for me to review um I know some reviewers are just so good at like knowing all the history of the book and like you know different books that are around it you know and like resonate with it and stuff um but I like doing it I don't you know, I don't, I don't think I've ever reviewed a book that I didn't like. Um, I mostly like writing positive reviews because, you know, there's a lot of great books out there and I feel like it's good to promote people that you like and books that you like. Um, for me, I guess like editing, you know, and doing a journal and stuff is the more sort of complicated thing in my writing life. Right. Um, so, yeah. So I guess I, I don't I haven't had as much experience reviewing um, as I have, like you know, editing other people's right. work and selecting work and stuff like that. So, do you when, when you select work, do you find yourself thinking like having your writing, like your writing hat on, like oh god, I'm going to tell this writer and they're going to be feel like X, Y, or Z. Um, I guess when I. I, when I'm editing, like when I'm reading submissions for Smoke Long, I'm always like looking for something that I love, 
right? Because, I mean, a lot of editors who are doing these literary journals, like, it's it, we're working for free, volunteer basis. In fact, like, a lot of times we're paying money to put this journal on. Um, and so the only thing really in, in it for us is, like, finding stories that we really mm-hmm. love and, like, want to share with the world. Um, but it is hard it's hard to reject people, um, especially, you know, in the flash fiction world and I'm sure in like just literary world in general, it's a small world. And so you get to know people and you know, writers and you like them as people and you like them as editors and they submit stuff to you and it, you know, becomes this complicated thing where you have to reject somebody you really like. And yeah. Yeah. It's hard in that way. Um, Yeah. But it's also like really fun. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. I, it. I did it for 10 years. I recently said I was stepping down just because I just couldn't devote the time involved anymore yeah. with it. Yeah. This is a lot of work. Um, but I learned so much just reading from, like, reading yeah. in the queue and seeing what the trends are and what people are writing about. And it's, it's weird some of the stuff that, like, pops up as, like, a trend or I don't know. It was really interesting. I think yeah. it like helped my writing a lot. Oh, just... that's good. No, I mean, I think a lot of that stuff does help your writing. Um, you know, I've judged before and mm. it feels very complicated. Yes. Um, like you are excited, um, you know, when I, um, I, I mean, but then you've got literally 600 books in your office and it's really hard to think to yourself like, oh, I'm going to write another book because obviously the world needs books, you know? <laughs> oh, yes. Isn't that the truth? I know. So it can yes. be very, but then, then you're reading so widely in the genre. You're like, oh, you know, I actually have a feeling of what's going on and what's getting published. And maybe I'm in despair now because this is not what I write. But at the same time, it, it's, it's an incredible education. Yes. Um, and so you know, I encourage people to do it, but not to do it every year because <laughs> right. you don't write. Yeah, it can be overwhelming, but that is one of the things I always tell like, people who are emerging writers or want to be writers. It's like volunteer for a literary journal or, you know, just read widely. But I think working for a journal, you kind of understand more of the inside mm-hmm. way things work and what people think about stories like being able to read the comments from other editors about why they liked a story or why they didn't, it's just all very valuable information, I think. Yeah, and I've taught writing before. I don't know if you have as well. Um, but No, not really. But I, uh, but I always I always tell the students, I'm like, don't think of an agent as this unattainable person. Think of them as someone like you and what they want to do every day. They open their mail and what or they open their email. They, what they want to do is they want to read something amazing. Mm-hmm. they're not looking for a reason to reject you. They're looking for great things because they love to read. And if you think of it that way and you're like, Ooh, let me give this, this agent, this amazing thing that they've been looking for for days and weeks and months, then, then, then it's more of a like, aha, rather than a like, Oh, they're probably going to hate it or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also more of like a matchmaking thing. Yeah. yeah. Like and finding they, the right person for your, book or your writing right and I say the best favor they can say to you is if they're not interested no thank you because you do not want an agent who is not interested in your work right because they're not gonna they're not gonna find the home for it so yeah so yeah well this has been so lovely to talk to you and I know evenings are 
kind of crazy. <laughs> so I appreciate you giving up an evening chat with us. And um, I'm super excited um, to read One Night Gone when it comes out. And, I, um, and I'm just really excited to hear all the good press. It's so much fun to, to hear everyone getting excited for it. And, Thank um, you. and I know it's going to go really well and remember to enjoy it. <laughs> I know. That's what I have to remember is enjoy it. Cause I get very anxious and stressed out about things. Yeah. Yeah. There's wow. lots of things you can control and not control and yep. you know, and, and to, to relax and just let people celebrate you and, and you've done this wonderful work <laughs> and oh my goodness, it's just exciting to share it that people get a chance to dip into it yeah. for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And experience yeah. that world. That so congratulations <laughs> and thanks a million. <laughs> Tara Laskowski has been our guest and oh, we're just delighted. And maybe um, when uh, you listen to this podcast, it might be after October 1st, in which case <laughs> the book will be available. <laughs> so <Hey. laughs> super exciting. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Well, it was, um, it was really great to catch up with Tara and hear more about her new book because we're super excited for um, One Night Gone, which is coming out October 1st. Yeah, yes, very fun to hear about the book and also fun to hear about her writing journey, how she became a writer, yeah. all the writing. And didn't she say something like, like everyone does? I don't think I ever did it, like made an actual physical book. I'm so impressed. Not only was she writing them, right, as a kid. Yeah, but she wanted to make the physical book. With the author photo on the back. That I don't is think, hilarious. I don't I think it. I did an author photo. Yeah. I don't think I did. But I do remember the whole, like, wanting something that you could put on the shelf. Like, it was yeah. a whole sort of process. Um, but I'm sure for Tara, I'm, I know in my house, books were incredibly important. Yes. And so uh, my parents' living room is sort of, is um, one wall windows, one wall with a wait, half of a wall with a with a with a um, stove, and the other half is books, and the other two walls are completely books, and it's oh, a very tall awesome. ceiling, so they go all the way up. So for me, that was like that was a place of importance, you know. Books. Yes. So yes. I think you can wanting to have yours that goes on the shelf that people then take down and read. Yes. It's, it's super feels super important. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I also thought. You know, what she was saying was so interesting because I, they said, I struggle writing short stories. I find them very hard. I do too. And then I was just very envious thinking, oh, she's had all these short story anthologies. And then she goes, writes a novel. And then describing the process yes. of going back. <laughs> that was harder than it might seem. Really. Yeah. 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 Thought, oh, maybe it is a muscle or maybe it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I find the shorter forms really hard. The really short, I've done just a couple teeny tiny stories, and that's been fun. But the but an actual, like, bona fide short story, I find to be very, very difficult. It feels easier to me to draft, not necessarily polish, but to draft. I actually, and I did take a short story one time for a um, noir at the bar, and I took it to a thousand words and I found that so hard oh you pared it down yeah from yeah yeah I mean it was yeah. a short short story already but I yeah. pared and pared and pared it down into something that was incredibly short yeah um and actually art and tarot were at the reading too oh, but great. um but yeah it, it was it was like an interesting exercise it wasn't like afterwards I was like 
bang, I should write a hundred more of these. I was like, whoa, I made it. <laughs> I survived. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was fun to hear her talk some about. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's always fun to talk with you too about your writing. Likewise. Um, hopefully next month we'll be in a place where we want to be Yes. Our projects. Yes, <laughs> it being September. It we're being, full of energy. Yes, exactly. And October, <laughs> hopefully it continues. We don't yes. get distracted by, I don't know, Halloween. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's been so nice to yeah. chat. And next month we'll have another mystery guest. <laughs> yes, yes. Not necessarily mystery writer, but maybe. Maybe, maybe, but maybe. But to be, to be uh, determined be announced. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for joining us. Until next time.